The idea is at the end of the week, you look and let's say you had 20 things you needed to get done that week that were really going to move the needle forward. And you got you know, 18 out of 20 done, you know, now you give yourself a score. And the idea is to get an 85% score or more in your execution every single week. And I can tell you, for those of us who are very driven individuals, which I think a lot of you are, you really want to achieve that 85%, right? Like you're like thinking of ways. And, And remember, these are not just only business tasks. These are like spend... 30 minutes of magic moments with each kid every day. uh, I mean, once a week. And so you're like, you have to look for those opportunities because you've got to cross it off because you want to get your score. And so you no longer put your business first. You actually have to put all those roles in your life first. Are you looking for opportunities to invest in passive real estate syndications? Join our exclusive community at FastFire Capital, where we're dedicated to bringing doctors and other high-income earners priority access to the best opportunities to invest in large multifamily and other types of commercial properties. Not only that, by being part of the community, you'll get exclusive access to webinars and Q&As, where you'll be able to raise your passive investing IQ. To join our community, go to semiretiredmd.com forward slash syndication. Again, that address is semiretiredmd.com forward slash syndication. Have you ever dreamed of owning a vacation home? What if it could double as an investment property that makes you money and helps you save on taxes? Our new course, Accelerating Wealth, Short-Term Rental Blueprint, will teach you how to purchase and set up your short-term rental the right way. Learn more about the course at semiretiredmd.com slash str hyphen course. When you daydream about your future, I'll bet it doesn't include you still working into your 60s and 70s. But unless you're actively taking steps to break the cycle of trading time for money, that's the future most of us face. Ignite Your Journey will lay out a roadmap to show you how to finally break that cycle and achieve true financial freedom. And it'll show you how to do it in just three to five years rather than the 20 or so it takes for traditional investments or saving in your retirement accounts. For more information, go to semiretiredmd.com forward slash IYJ. Welcome to the Doctors Building Wealth Podcast, the place where we talk about the strategies, habits, and mindset that separate wealthy docs from those who are not. We're your hosts, Leiti and Kenji. Welcome to another episode of Doctors Building Wealth Podcast. Today, Kenji and I are going to be talking about planning for success. And I'm so excited to do this episode because there's some extreme planning that's been going on here in this household for the last three to six months. And it's really made a huge difference in our lives and just the level of satisfaction we have every single day. And so I'm really excited to share some of the techniques and strategies that we've created in our lives and implemented in our lives that have allowed us to get a lot more done in less time. And then also allowed us just to feel really a a sense of satisfaction with all the things that we're doing. And I wanted to share that for me, planning wasn't something that was natural. I, I used to actually say to myself that I'm not a planner. And I'm sure a lot of you have a similar thought. And what I wanted to share with you is that once I realized how important planning was, once I started doing it, once I started calling myself out and saying, this is just a limiting belief. And 
and I know I can be a good planner and I just have to really make it an intention and put in the time to do it. Once I started doing that, it changed the game for me completely. And now I actually love planning and I think it's absolutely critical to my success. Yeah, it's so interesting for years and years and years. We've been told uh, by people like Keith Cunningham, you know, what gets scheduled gets done and put things in your calendar and all these things. And and we were like, yeah, yeah, we know we should do it. But we just didn't implement. We didn't execute um, until more recently. And I, I really think that this is just a dramatic shift that's going to lead us. I mean, we've already already been productive in our lives, but this is this is to another level. Yeah, I also wanted to share that my coach told me that my personality type, uh, and some of you guys might have the same personality type as me, my personality type is one where I just want to push forward with something uh, without planning. I just, you know, used to wake up in the morning and I would just dive into something without really thinking about how does this fit into the greater context of all the things that I have to do. I would just pick something and I would just dive right in. Uh, That was the way that I used to do things. uh, And now I've completely changed that. And the other thing I wanted to share that my coach told me is that for my personality type, planning is probably one of the most important things that I can do. Because if I plan, if I set priorities, then I can take that same energy that I used to put into some random things, whatever was top of mind, and I can put my energy into it and really accomplish those things in an order that makes sense, starting with the most important to me all the way to the least important. And I don't think my personality type was extra suited for planning because I prefer spontaneity and I don't want to feel locked in by plans and schedules. I want to just be able to do whatever I want to do. I'm a, yeah, I think when we think about uh, our personality types, uh, one of the things that we've spent time thinking about is the five elements. It's the five Chinese elements and Kenji's a wood. And so he's just like, go get things done, like push through, like make everything happen and very intense. Then I'm a fire and I'm more just like random and I like the randomness and I like variety and I don't want to follow a schedule and I don't want people to tell me what to do. I'm just going to do my own thing. So for very different reasons, neither of us wanted to adhere to schedules, neither of us wanted to be planners and have like a structured day. Um, But now that both of us have done it, it really is something we were missing for a long, long time. Yeah. I also wanted to point out that a lot of us feel like we have an endless list of checkboxes. And uh, I I wanted to tell you that I still have those checkboxes, but it's very, very different the way we do it now. And we're going to get into into this in detail. Um, But now, even though I have checkboxes, it's done in a way where it's completely different. It has so much more meaning to it. uh, And it doesn't feel like that anymore. And I always hated the feeling of having maybe 20 20 to 30 checkboxes in the beginning of the day. And by the end of the day, I might have checked off the majority of them, but I still wouldn't really feel fulfilled. I really wouldn't feel like I really accomplished anything. And if you ever felt that way, uh, if you share this kind of similar feeling, then this episode is really going to transform uh, how you approach what you do every day. Yeah, I think one of the dangers of checkboxes is they really don't show you your priorities. Mm -hmm. And that's what's very different about what we've been doing now. So let me tell you about some of the steps that we've taken. So first of all, we've set yearly goals, and that's not something new. We've always set yearly goals since we started in the Tony Robbins world, and we've always had these like at least three, if not four, things that we're trying to accomplish for the year. But I think one of the differences about this year is when I set my goals, I actually set them by the different roles I play in my life. 
So I think a lot of times when people sit down to do yearly goals, they're really focusing on achievement in their business or achievement at work or whatever, but they don't set yearly goals for themselves, for what they want their families to look like, for what they want their relationship to look like. And I was definitely guilty of that for a long time. My goals would all be centered around achievement in some way, external achievement in the business and and in the real estate portfolio. And so what changes here is I actually set yearly goals according to all the roles in my life. So my roles are, you know, CEO of SRMD. So that's clearly a business one. And mother, that's another one. Spouse, another one. Myself is another one. And I did a community as another one. So I had five different categories under which I set my goals. So I have five different goals. I did set them that were measurable and specific goals, but I also set like a sentence about how I wanted it to be, how I wanted reality to be. So let me give you an example. So with my family, my family goals, I said, you know, I want a happy, healthy family with a lot of joy and laughter in my household. Like that's the vision. So it's it's you really set a vision for that that category of your life. Um, and in my vision for like the business and what I'm gonna achieve in the business, it, it's a sentence, but it's also very specific with numbers goals, right? But with my family stuff, I don't have numbers goals, but I have a vision of what I want it to look like that's very tangible to me. And so I'm gonna know if I achieve that or I didn't. And I think another key with myself is I set for myself goals. I set some tangible goals in terms of what I wanted in my health and my body. Uh, But I just also set goals about how I wanted to feel on an average day. And so I have a very clear vision of what I'm working towards. Yeah. And I have uh, a lot of those same categories. uh, But uh, for me, one of the things that I have, it's a little different than yours, is I I have fun is one of my Priority something that uh, I want to have fun, not just uh, with the kids. So uh, something new, new that I've incorporated this year is telling them a joke every day. Uh, and then in terms of my health, uh, something that uh, I added in terms of fun was uh, doing a Spartan race with a bunch of friends. And so just an example of how it just adds a lot more meaning to it when you think about these categories in terms of what is it that you want to achieve, right? What is uh, well, what is what is it that you want to feel at the end of the year? What is it that you want to become? Uh, at the end of the year. Yeah, I I want to give credit uh, where credit is due. And part of this come, really came from listening to Time of Your Life with Tony Robbins. And one of the things he suggests is not only doing it by role, but he actually suggests giving each role a name. So I just told you that I gave descriptions to what I want Kenji, my relationship to be um, like, for example, but I didn't give it myself a name. And so you can go a level above that and say, you know, who are you in this relationship and give yourself a title. And then that title has representative wording that means something to you. So Kenji, for example, he put fun in all his relationship ones. I put playful in one of our relationship ones. And so the, the words you choose really have a lot of emotional tie. And so you remember what you're building and it, and it really is tied to you because you're creating that sentence of about what it is that you want um, throughout the year in that role. Well, I'll give you mine for health and I probably could improve the wording, but my one for health is I refuse to have a dad bod. That's basically mine for health. And again, it's just this, this about two years ago, I actually was trending towards having this dad bod. I, I was uh, about 20 pounds heavier than I am today. And there was just a day where I said, no more, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to, I refuse to have 
a dad bod. And so that's what I started working on for the last two years. And it still fuels me. It still motivates me. It's something I think about. I think about, you know, the big gut, right? The common, the beer belly, you know, and I, and I just go, no way, never for me, right? I'm not going to do that. And uh, again, you can see how emotionally charged it is and how powerful that is uh, as a driver to uh, really improve my health. Yeah. And mine for my health is actually to feel like a cat. And so for that, for me, for that, that feels like flexibility. That feels like the be able to stretch. And so I tend to do more yoga type stuff, right? Well, Kenji's out there like weightlifting and I do some of that too, but it, it's just the words you, you choose really lead you to different activities. So you need to be thoughtful up front. And when you're creating your roles and you're creating your goals for the year for that role to really use words that are emotionally tied and because know that they will trickle down into your activities. So I covered how we have all these roles. We have yearly goals for the roles and we have this intentional sentence that really reflects what we want. Well, then the next thing we do is we take those yearly goals and we kind of break them down into quarters. And so what we've done is I know that I have these quarterly priorities. And again, they're between four to six things that I'm gonna accomplish this quarter to reinforce my goals. Um, And so with each subject area, I have some rocks that I'm going to move forward. And so these are ideally very specific and measurable. So you know that you achieve them and you lay them out in a planning session at the end of every quarter. You know, what am I going to move forward this next quarter to be able to achieve this outcome that I'm focusing on for the end of the year? And so it's it's, uh, if you haven't read 12 Week Year, it's a really great book to kind of help you think about how do you build your whole year's worth of outcomes in these 12 weeks to reinforce what you get done overall? Then you can take these quarterly rocks and you can break them down into milestones. So what do you have to get done this week to support you getting to that quarterly rock? And you can do this ahead of time. You can say, okay, um, I'll give you one of my quarterly rocks. One of my quarterly rocks is to be in four publications, uh, national or international publications uh, through my public relations work. Okay. So, and my intention for this, why am I doing this is because I want to be able to spread the word of SRMD and a much, much larger, have much larger impact on the world globally um, and start to really build that social proof outside of the bubble that we're already in. And so how I'm accomplishing that, part of how I'm accomplishing that is to have this specific measurable quarterly priority if I'm going to get into four publications. Well, how do I get into four publications? Well, I need to figure out what I have to do every week to support that. And so I don't know exactly what it's going to take because I've never done this before, but I can guesstimate that I'm going to have to put in multiple different pitches to journalists every single week in order to reach that goal by the end of the quarter. And so I just choose a number, like let's say three pitches every week that I'm going to give to different journalists or reminders I'm going to give to different journalists who I pitched and they've never written back to me. And so I'm making sure that I move the ball every single week because what you don't want to do is you don't want to have this quarterly priority and it's two weeks till the end of the quarter. And then you look at it and you're like, oh my gosh, I've done nothing. You want to be looking at it and making sure that every single week you're building time into your calendar to move that quarterly priority. So you're not trying to like just get things done last minute at the very end. 
Another example in terms of family is uh, one of the goals that we have for our families. We want to create magic moments for our kids. And so that can be broken down into quarterly things that we do. So quarterly, we might do something really big. So in the first quarter, we took them to an ice hotel. And that was a really big uh, magic moment that we created for them. But you can also do some things on a weekly basis. So for example, one of the things that we do in terms of magic moments is spend 30 minutes with each child, just one-on-one, right? So either a date or a walk or something like that, where we just have focus time, either the two of us or one-on-one with our kids. And you, again, you have to schedule it, right? You have to put it in your weekly plan and say, okay, this is the day that I'm going to do this. And then also the other thing you're doing is that when you have these bigger quarterly things, you have to actually put into place all the planning, the buying the plane tickets, getting the hotel, you got to break that task down so that, uh, and you have to also do it with enough uh, advanced warning so that you can get, you know, cheaper tickets and all those things and get hotel rooms, whatever you have to do. Uh, And so that requires a lot of planning. That's just an example of how I'm planning for these magic moments for our kids. This episode is brought to you by Tyler Curley of Path Insurance Solutions. Tyler is who we go to for all of our insurance needs. We first started working with Tyler when we bought our first investment properties, and since then, he has not only helped insure all of our investment properties, he's also helped us with our personal insurance needs as well. Tyler's an invaluable member of our team for our investment properties because he's so knowledgeable and he also finds you the best policies without breaking the bank. So the next time you need insurance, be sure to reach out to Tyler at Tyler at pathins.com. This episode is brought to you by Dan Peck of Movement Mortgage. If you're an experienced investor, you'll know just how important it is to have a lender who knows how to work with investors. We've been working with Dan and his team for over eight years now, and he's our go-to whenever we need a residential loan for our investment properties. Now, if you're new to investing, you might not know this, but your lender can sometimes be the difference between getting a great deal or completely missing out on it because your lender couldn't close the deal. I did want to point out that Dan can help you not only with your investment properties, but also if you're looking to buy a primary residence or vacation home. So the next time you're looking for a residential lender, be sure to email Dan at srmd at movement.com to get a free consultation. And also let him know that you're part of the Semi-Retired MD community to get an exclusive discount on your next loan. Now back to the episode. I'm going to give you another example. So we've been writing a book and the book's going to come out at the end of July. And one thing I want to do is I want to make sure that I'm marketing. Now, the question is why? What's my intention? Again, why am I doing this? Well, because I want to reach 10,000 new people with this book and have them see that real estate is a potential option for them. So I got my clear, specific, measurable goal. I'm going to sell 10,000 books in the next year, okay, of this book. So I had that intention of why I'm doing it, that emotional tie is I want to help other people see that this is an option for them. I have a clear, specific intention. So I know if I'm going to achieve it and I know if I'm not right? And then I'm doing activities every single week to make sure I'm moving that forward. So I had three tasks this week that I needed to do in order to move this forward to reach my quarterly goal of having the book done and having a marketing plan in place. And then I have these three check boxes and I have already crossed off two out of three. And I literally built calendar time into my schedule already this week that says work on book components, right? And so you can see how the topic area has an intention, how it has a specific measurable goal, and then I'm doing tasks every single week to support that outcome. 
And I think this is a good time to go back to what I was talking about earlier about checkboxes, right? Ultimately, these aren't just random checkboxes that have no real meaning. Everything that we're doing has some type of intention, some type of meaning behind it. And that's why at the end of the day, when or at the end of the week, when you have accomplished 50 of your checkboxes, uh, there's a, a lot of fulfillment there because you know that you've moved the needle on each of these areas of your life that are really important to you and the real priorities uh, that uh, make you fulfilled. Now, I just want to acknowledge those of you who are already working like 40, 50, 60 hours a week, that you're not going to have full days to move a lot of your priorities like we are lucky enough to have right now. And so what you might do is you might be setting aside, let's say, like an hour each morning or an hour in the evenings or a couple hours on the weekends to move the needle on your priorities. Um, and luckily, you know, you may have some priorities for your job and those are going to happen externally, but you will have those priorities for all your other other roles that are outside of your job as a doctor or as a high-income professional. And those are what the ones you're going to be making sure you fit into your calendar. So you're moving the needle on them. And you may choose to do a few less um, because you, you only have more of limited time than we do to be working on all these different goals. And that's okay. Um, you know, my, uh, our EOS consultant says to us, you know, EOS is about doing less things better. And ultimately you don't want to put 50 billion things on your plate and do them all poorly. The goal is to focus on the most important things to you that, that align with your yearly goals and only have three or four or five yearly goals, not like 15, and then work towards those yearly goals every single week. Yeah, I wanted to refer back to a prior uh, podcast episode called Why You Need a Daily Practice, where we talked about waking up early and having something we call something that's called the golden hour. And that hour is before the kids wake up, uh, before, uh, you know, your head gets filled up with all these things that you have to do. You know, it's a really peaceful, quiet, uninterrupted time that you have to yourself. Uh, and if you can utilize this hour, uh, and this would be a great time to kind of knock out some of those things that really have a lot of meaning to you, prepare so that you can actually achieve the things that you want to achieve. So I just want to make sure that, you know, go check out that episode, hear what we do in our mornings, um, because I've talked to so many people over the last several months uh, about how busy they are, how they just don't have enough time, how their kids don't give them any free time. And if you utilize this hour, this golden hour, you are going to get back that time uninterrupted. And it is a real game changer. Yeah. And I do the 5 a.m. club, which I think I uh, mentioned in then. And it's 20, 20, 20, 20 minutes of sweating, 20 minutes of meditation or journaling and 20 20 minutes of learning or planning. And so you can put that planning in there. Another thing that I do is I try to carve a little bit of time out on Sundays for the planning for the week. And that can be a real difference because I'm literally writing out, you know, every single one of my goals and I'm writing out my intentions. And then I'm doing, I'm starting to plan the tasks that I'm going to make sure I get done that week. And once I have that whole outline set up, when I go into the day, I literally just say, okay, these are the hours in the day. And I start to plug in some of those tasks around the meetings that I already have from the my weekly planning of the things that I'm going to get done this week. Yeah, if I think back to when we were hospitalists, uh, and we, if we implemented a golden hour, uh, it would have been pretty cool to have that 20 minutes of planning every morning, literally every morning, you would have 20 minutes where you can plan uh, things for in all the different categories that are important to you. Um, it would have been a game changer for us for sure. Yeah. 
Now I want to talk about when you're planning your daily schedule. So as I alluded to, I plan my weekly schedule. And again, it's all focused around what are my yearly goals? What are my intentions for those goals? And what do I need to do this week to move forward? What are the milestones that I need to work on this week to be able to move forward towards those goals? Now, each day I'm looking at my schedule and I'm laying it out. We work from eight to six and I'm thinking about all the different pieces that I, where I, spaces I have where I can take some of those things off my to-do list and plug them in. And so if I have already have some meetings set up, so I will look at those meetings and I will set intentions for the meeting. You know, why am I doing this meeting? Like, let me think about the outcome I want. And then the holes I have, I'm thinking about which tasks do I want to put in there? Ideally, I have at least a couple goals in my schedule that are an hour and a half to three hours long, because those are the really important strategic time where I can get a lot done and I can move one major project hugely forward. And so I really do try to have at least an hour and a half a day where I'm moving a big project forward that's really, really important. And then I also build in some buffer time. And buffer time is like 30 minute blocks in between meetings. And also if a meeting ends early, that becomes buffer time. That buffer time is set aside for things like answering emails, or if somebody reaches out to me and really needs something from my team, I kind of try to get back to them during that time, because then I'm not the bottleneck. And so that's the time to respond to external stimuli. But all the other time in my schedule, I'm responding to what I've chosen to prioritize. And I'm making sure that that time gets built in. And then I'm crossing off all the things that I do from my weekly schedule of the tasks that I want to get done to support my goals. And the idea is at the end of the week, you look and let's say you had 20 things you needed to get done that week that were really going to move the needle forward. And you got you know, 18 out of 20 done, you know, now you give yourself a score. And the idea is to get an 85% score or more in your execution every single week. And I can tell you for those of us who are very driven individuals, which I think a lot of you are, you really want to achieve that 85%, right? Like you're like thinking of ways. And, And remember, these are not just only business tasks. These are like spend 30 minutes of magic moments with each kid every day. I mean, once a week. And so you're like, you have to look for those opportunities because you've got to cross it off because you want to get your score. And so you no longer put your business first. You actually have to put all those roles in your life first and, and make them a priority. And that's a very different way. I mean, like when I fail on... Uh, not getting some of the things I wanted to get done for our relationship that week, it's just as bad as if I didn't do a presentation for the business. And so I need to, you know, I have to look at that and say, oh, I lowered my score because I didn't give Kenji two massages this week. That's not cool. So it makes me a lot more accountable to myself to prioritizing what's important. Yeah, I also love at the end of the week, you go, hey, can you help me with a couple of these tasks so I can get my 85% or above my 85%? Well, because one of my family tasks is to create this loving, playful, adventurous environment. And part of that is planning some of these schedule stuff. You know, we're going to Italy in June, and I want to find a phenomenal Airbnb. And that's on my to-do list. So I got to book that right? And it's not just research it. It's like book it this week. And so if I don't get that done, then it's staring me in the face. So I got to get it done. So I, I do recruit Kenji to help me out. Sometimes. Yeah. So so if you guys know the book, Who Not How, that's what she did. She said, oh, it's not how I'm going to get this done or how I'm going to find the time to get this done. I'm going to I'm gonna figure out who can help me get this done. And that, that's what she did. And so I spent about 45 minutes buying airplane tickets uh, one, one, one Sunday. <laughs> 
<laughs> so I could get one thing done on my list. That's right. Because for me, I have seven days to get all these things done, right? Because there are some things I can do in the evenings, on the weekends. You know, maybe my kids are watching a movie, and I can still go back and take take off some of the tasks. I also want to add what is built in there for me all the time is exercise. So I do the 5am clump. So I'm doing 20 minutes of exercise every morning. And I set it for seven days a week, like seven days a week, I'm doing 5am clubs. So again, I get to cross that off, right? That's the seven days that I'm doing that. But I also build in time. If I have a 30 minute chunk, I'll go do some weights or things like that. So this allows me to prioritize myself. Because if you talk to me three months ago, I was just not doing anything that I wanted to do for myself. I was responding to everyone else's needs around me and I was just getting sucked into things and I would never make that space for me to go take care of myself. But now it's on my to-do list. It's on my checklist of things I have to do every week. So I have to get it done. Finally, I want to talk a little bit about accountability. And I know this has gone pretty long, so this will be short. But uh, you know, studies have shown, and if you read um, the 12-week Uh, 12-week year, you'll see this too. They did studies where they said, well, if somebody had some tasks or goals that they wanted to do and they did them on their own versus they had an accountability group or people they checked in with, like the people who were supposed to do it on their own, less than 10% of them did anything. But the people who had that accountability group, more like 80% did it. So a huge dramatic difference. And so part of this accountability is actually I built in is reporting out my score to one of my team members in the company every single week. So on Fridays, we're getting together and we're reporting out our scores for how we did. Um, So I've added that accountability. And of course, Kenji and I talk about uh, what we're doing and how we're doing every single week and and day actually about how how many things we're getting off of our list of things we wanted to do. So that accountability does add a lot. So I would encourage you um, to read 12-week year, read 5am club um, and probably look at RPM, which is Tony Robbins things. It's called RPM, which is results, purpose, massive action. And time of your life is a really great program to think about RPM. And then when you start implementing this, make sure you have somebody else doing it with you because that will add the level of accountability and help you to get it done a lot more uh, successfully. Yeah, I love how your accountability partner not only gets all of her stuff done, she actually adds additional things on her list so that she gets more than she originally planned. Yeah, my accountability partner is, uh, is really organized, like, project management type person. She's got like whole like computer charts of all the things she's doing and like what are weekly tasks, what are daily tasks, what are their due dates? You know, I'm scribbling my notebook, my weekly schedule and like my intentions, but she's like, she's really automated it um, and and really made it professional looking. So it's great for me to see what she's doing. And it's okay that we have different ways of doing it, but that reporting out um, and she's very, very organized and and, you know, a type A personality it works really, really well for us. Okay, well, that's a sense of all the things that we're doing that are really leading to planning and are making us a lot more successful, allowing us to do a lot more in just as much time as we used to do a lot less because we're responding to fires. Now we're really internally driven by what our goals are, what, and then we aligned our priorities with them and we're building our calendar time with them and, uh, and we're building in accountability. So there are a lot of I hopefully really awesome nuggets in there for you to take and apply. We've also given you some resources that have been really helpful for us in creating this uh, planning schedule and building this structure into our lives. If you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to our podcast, give us a five-star review, and we'll see you next time.
The Doctors Building Wealth podcast provides information only and does not provide any financial, legal, tax, medical, or psychological services or advice. You are responsible for your own financial, physical, mental, and emotional well-being, decisions, choices, actions, and results. You should contact a professional if you have any specific questions about your unique situation.